And on this lexicon is everybody that I refuse to wrestle ever again in 2019. Let's start it from the top. John Moxley. Yeah. Cody Rhodes, because he can't. <laughs> Young Bucks, Papa Buck, Uncle Buck, Buck Owens, Moxley. Hangman Page, Diamond Dallas Page, Page, Moxley. Scorpio Sky, Too Cold Scorpio, any member of the Scorpions. Moxley, Michael Nakazawa, Kenny Omega, Kenny Ortega, Kenny Shields, Kenny Chesney, Kenny from South Park, Moxley. The chubby guy over here with the popcorn in the fifth row. The ugly guy with the dumb glasses over here in the third row. Moxley, Darby Allen, Rick Allen, Allen Jones, Moxley, Evil Uno, Angry Dose, Hateful Trays, Moxley. Moxley. Spock. I forgot. I forgot that promo. That was tremendous. Everything Jericho does is tremendous. Oh my god. Uh, Amazing. Me- Mezzanine Sleepover episode 165. I have no idea where people are going to be listening to this now because we're changing platforms. Nice. But uh, you know, we'll get you. We'll we'll get it out there. We'll we'll talk about it. Just, you know, whatever. <laughs> On this show that you can't find right now, we'll talk about it. Exactly. Uh, I. So you wonder if why we're wasting our time? But hey, <laughs> whatever. We're wasting there's our time because we're pals. Two month old wrestling show to talk about. Exactly. My name is Alan, and on Twitter you can find me at Slip with Five Eyes or Slip. I'm at MegMix.com, and I'm very excited because we are joined by Stu. Stu, what's going on, Stu? Hello, boys. Nice to see you again. Yeah. Stu, it's been a while and long, long, long for me and longer for Megamix since we've seen each other. It's true. We're we're living in uh, strange times now, boys. We yeah, st- we really are. Me and Stu went to the show we're going to review today, which is AEW Revolution. They're uh, the last pay per view that they did in uh, on February 29th, which was just over two months ago. Feels like forever. And Stu and I at this show in Chicago were like, you know. We we had tickets to the show in Rochester a couple of weeks later, and we were both like, I don't know. <laughs> like we knew yeah. then that uh, there was trouble of brewing. Uh, we were we were on the the precipice of jokey, serious. The world's gonna go weird, and lo and behold, like two days later, it did. Totally did. Yeah. So got- uh, I did not go to the show with you guys. I had uh, I had. Uh, into uh, Orlando uh, a month earlier and I remember being in Orlando and so I didn't I didn't end up you know uh, kind of being able to swing going on another trip so soon after and uh, I remember being in Orlando in late January going shit's gonna blow up yeah yeah um, let's I, I can't wait to fucking get home you know yeah. by the end of the week it was like let's just get the fuck home because something's brewing and you know a month and a half later it all fucking just the whole the whole the whole place implodes. So Stu and I were we're both in Toronto and uh, the show's in Chicago. So we did a, the road trip. We come back on a Sunday, and on the Wednesday I have a dentist appointment. 
And uh-huh. at the time, you know, Toronto was was like one of the worst spots other than the west coast of the states. And the dentist is like, oh, you were in Chicago. Like, hopefully you're not sick. And I was like, we probably brought it to them. <laughs> like, if anything, <laughs> like, it, we're the problem right now. And, of course, so much has changed in two months. I was yeah. meant to the doctor a couple of days after we got back and they wouldn't let me because I've been in America. <laughs> Right? Yeah, yeah. And that's like early March. I remember um, just the, I remember the exact date where it was like, all right, this is, this is, I I remember sitting there. It was, I mean, the day that, the day for every, the day where it really, really went crazy was when all the sports leagues shut down. And I remember sitting there, we were supposed to have a, um, like a, uh, a movie night for our school, for my son's school. And it was like, I was like frantically like, we can't do this. We cannot put this on. And people were like, why not? In the end, me vindicated. So this all worth it. Hey, you were like the scientist in the movie that was smarter than everybody else. <laughs> like, we can't do this. I mean, but how much? It's just been absolute craziness every single fucking day. So, and you know what? 90% of it from the United States. So I have a question, and I guess this is mainly for Stu, but but obviously, uh, Megamix, if you want to answer this, let me know as well, okay? Sure. Okay. <laughs> so let's say, you know, let's say that they don't have a vaccine and uh, for a year and a half, but yep. they open up sporting events, which is stupid, uh, yep. but they do it. Is there is there any kind of card that AEW could put on that would make you go to the States? I, I, I had no way. No, not a prayer. Okay. Now, if they do get a vaccine and kind of clean shit up, do you think you'd go back to the States like for, uh, for an AEW card? Depends how far in the future we're talking. Not in 2020. <laughs> not not oh, in this case. If the vaccine yeah. tomorrow, I wouldn't be going to the States in 2020. No, nor me. Yeah. It's... I was going to the States until they'd had their election, and then I'll make my decision. <laughs> yes. So uh, you, we were going to talk about the state of wrestling uh, in general. I mean, my my view of the state of anything right now, event-related, concerts, sporting events, wrestling, all of those things, is people just need to shut 2020 down in their minds. Just be done with it. Just yep. there are going to be no concerts. There's going to be no big wrestling events. There's going to be no sports. It's not going to operate the way that it used to. And you know what? If I'm wrong and there's some sort of miracle before the end of the year that allows us to do it, then fine. But I'm I'm just a little tired, you know. And I have they canceled. Um, they haven't canceled the X here in Toronto yet, have they, Stu? You know, not yet. They canceled Pride, Carabana. The fireworks on Canada Day, but no, I don't think they have cancelled the X yet. So every time they cancel, I think people are like, oh, and it's like, <laughs> just <laughs> come on, cancel the whole thing, like get yeah. it out of your head that, that it's gonna happen. Yeah. And again, cross your fingers that maybe yeah. something different happens. But I've just, I've just, my expectations have been snuffed for the year, and that's how I deal with it. I will be astounded if we even get sports behind closed doors, never mind with a crowd. Yeah, I don't know why you would even bother. Like I, I get, I, I, I mean, wrestling's one thing. They're out there in fucking crazy ass Florida, <laughs> where anything goes. <laughs> yeah, fucking nuts. Um, but you know, 
I, I don't know. I don't know where there's a model where you're like, okay, we're just still going to, we're, you know, it's so important that we continue to play. Like that's the, I, la- you know, that's wrestling's the last an thing. interesting thing. Yeah. Wrestling's an interesting, in an interesting conundrum because I think wrestling comes out of this way worse than anybody else. I think that they're going to, I think they, they've already lost. They still have shows and people aren't watching. And so I think, I think, I think, the, I think wrestling is in a worse position than any, any other, any other entertainment. And they're still going because you know how it is. Uh, you know, they're always walking a fucking tightrope. And uh, I think, I think the wrestling business takes a hit at a terrible time, right? Because, you know, it, they, you know, I think I think all these uh, I think all these uh, promotions are in trouble. Well, all the all the non WWE promotions are in financial trouble. Yeah, uh, for sure. WWE, despite what they'll tell you when it comes to cutting talent and uh, jobs, is actually yeah. in pretty good shape. Uh, yeah, except, yeah, that's true. Like they they're in really good shape. They're going to turn a big profit this year. If you took out all of their revenue streams uh, and only left to television, they're still going to make a lot of money this year. Like a big fucking profit. They paid out, they, they promised a dividend that was worth many times more than the money of, of all those people that they cut uh, a few weeks yeah. ago. But they did that because it was a quarterly earnings call and they got to protect the stock price, I guess. So, yep. so that's, Especially when they, when they shuttered the XFL. And they're getting sued for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, the AEW business is, I don't know nearly as much about it. I, I mean, they're getting the television money, right? So yeah. without that new television deal that they re-upped like, very quickly at the start of the year, I think yeah. they'd be in some pretty serious trouble. Um, but yeah. with that television money in place, they're probably going to last a year. Um, but, yeah. I mean, watching this show, and uh, Stu, you know, I'm... I, get your thoughts on this too it's fucking sad man like you're watching this show and it feels like these guys are like really really headed in the right direction building some solid momentum they're about to sign a whole bunch of dudes and 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 generate even more interest and then it just fucking stops like the worst time (laughs) yeah we we we've all discussed this off air about how you know the the television product in general had a little bit of a rocky start but when they hit their stride it was just home run after home run every week leading up to this show and Mm -hmm. then this show was you know a stonker and then a week later it's like ah fuck you oh yep and we would have been we would have been at that uh, rochester show where they would have debuted uh, uh matt hardy and Brody Lee like that was that was the show that what they did in that empty arena I mean obviously you know changed because they were in an empty arena but the stories with those guys debuting were going to be at the show we were at for sure and then of course the week after I was supposed to be at blood and guts and well yeah March 25th they talked about it on this show the big ad yeah blood and guts March 25th uh, you know, hey, we're alive, boys. That's yeah. a good thing. It could oh. be a lot worse. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. Yeah, you know, honestly, I, I'm. I'm saying it as a matter of fact. Like I, even at oh, the yeah. time, I wasn't really complaining because, like, everyone's number one. Everyone's got a sad story. Number two, most people have a, a sadder story than mine. Like, oh, I yep. can't go to wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I. It's just. I'm. I'm probably more sad just about 
the future, right? Because it's like, I've really, really enjoyed going to AEW shows. And it's like, that ain't going to happen for a while. And, uh, and you know, it's not easy for me to go to these shows, but I've been to, you know, well, not, I guess not. I, well, I'm going to count all in. I've been to three in, in two years and it was like, it was a lot of fun. And that's just something that's not going to happen for a while. I mean, unless, you know, unless things kind of, you know, eventually get back to normal and they run to Toronto or something, that would be something I would, would do. <laughs> You'd go to a show in Canada, but not in the U.S.? Uh, you know, de- de- dependent on, on, you know, the, the, the whole situation. But yeah. I, I, at this point, uh, just based on everything, I mean, I'm not confident that the U.S. has any, you know, any of their shit together in any way, shape or form. So, you know, this kind of just shines a big fat fucking spotlight on on just everything in the U.S. And, you know, I'd be more willing to one day, you know, travel within the country, I guess, to go see a show. So hopefully, hopefully one day. But yeah, this is I've I've been uh, I've been uh, that that's more what I'm kind of like, fuck, because I the momentum was there. It was like. I hadn't watched, you know, we've talked about this before. I hadn't watched wrestling in, in, in fucking years. And then we did All In and it just like reignited all, all, all the fun and excitement. Yeah, I couldn't agree with more like, on that. It, as much as I kind of watch wrestling as in it's on the television and I'm in the room, I didn't really watch it the way that I watch AEW every week. Yeah. Even now, I'm still enjoying the shows, even though yep. they're a bit disjointed and odd. Well, I I watched I watched a, I watched uh, I watched a bit of WrestleMania, um, and then I watched you know a bit of a uh, I watched a bit of a Raw. And I turned it off because I'm like, this is at least AEW has a few people around to hoot and holler. Like it's a backyard wrestling event. What did you guys think of WrestleMania? Did you how much like you watched a bit? Do did you watch the whole thing? No, I didn't watch the whole thing. I watched. Um, I, I really enjoyed the. Charlotte and Rhea Ripley match. I thought that was very good. And I enjoyed the two not matches. I thought they were excellent. And in probably since no fan wrestling has been a thing, I would say that they're the two things I've enjoyed the most because they were a bit different and a bit weird. But I would say that overall I've been enjoying the whole show of Dynamite more than anything I've watched from WWE. I think AEW has the advantage in that scenario because they can, they can more easily adapt, right? WWE is so ingrained in their brand that it's almost like they're lost, right? It's like, we'll just try. And yeah, they did those two, uh, you know, I, we talked about this over text, uh, just about, or DMs or Twitter, or whatever the fuck. And it was, you know, I, I, I liked the Boneyard match. I thought it was, I thought it was, it was all right. And I ended up watching the, uh, the uh, whatever the fuck clown match, and I thought, you know, it wasn't a match. It was just like a, it was like a little fifteen minute teleplay, really. And I thought it was, I thought it was pretty funny, and I, it was like, all right, this is pretty good. Uh, but I feel overall, uh, AEW just does a better job at, you know, I think uh, just at being a little more scrappier, and it's a little more unpolished, which I think works. Um, and plus, Chris Jericho on commentary is the greatest thing ever. Yeah, he's. A gift from Jesus, him on commentary. Like, if they haven't already sort of figured out how to transition him to being a commentator full time when he retires, is fucking stupid. If they miss that, uh, he's so good. And uh, I guess for me, the the best thing I've told you guys is the best thing I've seen. Uh, 
in in pandemic wrestling is is the fucking Bucks backyard match. That was the fucking best. I really enjoyed that. I did watch that after you mentioned it, and yeah, that was really fun. Yeah, I it was just it was just like two. It was just like a couple. It was just like like we used to do in backyard wrestling, you know. And, yeah, just and like Stu, just you like know it too. we were just no, like the young bucks was. with with how we it did it. Well, it wasn't. Well, the quality was much better, but it had that feel, right? <laughs> it was just like it. You were giving each other Canadian it destroyers. Was, you know what it was? It was less it like a movie cool. and more like just. It was less of a movie than the other ones. That's what I meant. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, I uh, I honestly haven't watched a lot of the wrestling. I, I watched the first couple of empty arena AEW shows. Uh, I watched the first night of WrestleMania. I was actually on a, like a zoom party with, uh, with some folks who were watching it. And that was, that was a lot more entertaining than the event. Uh, the yeah. second, the second night, you know, I fast forwarded through the stuff and watched the Cena thing and it was fun enough. Like it was something, but <laughs> you know, and since then, like I haven't watched uh, a scrap of WWE. I will watch a little bit of Revolution here and there. Obviously, the Bubbly Bunch when it's on YouTube. Yes, have to watch that. And I'm <laughs> I'm still keeping up on all the news and the reviews. Like I'm listening to what what's going on. But yeah, I, I I know what's going on in AEW. But even listening to WWE stuff, I'm like, what's what's happening? Like, who's <laughs> wrestling who, and why do I care? Um, yeah, I'm just. I think the WWE's problem is that Vince still runs the show and he's just not creative anymore. He's an no. old man. He just, he is stuck in his ways. Whereas AEW <laughs> feels so much more willing to just try stuff. Right. Yes. You know, and, and Vince, that, Vince is reacting to this just like every other old man is in just grumbling and carrying on doing things as normal. Just like every old man that I see standing too close to me in the grocery store. Yeah. No different to that. But no. I, even though I will try to put AEW above WWE for that, I, I, I just, I don't, I mean, absolutely. If they were like, okay, we can, we're allowed to run live shows in Florida again, just with crowds and who gives a fuck, right? Yep. We all know WWE will run a show. But I'm like yeah. also ninety percent convinced AEW would, and like the, that shit rubs me the wrong way. Like, yep. you know, you can, you know, I I think that when it's all said and done, they largely, you know, compare about their care about their rosters, employees, etc. But and so fine if those guys want to fly in and wrestle, and they're all practicing <clears throat> the right rules and not hurting yeah. other people. I mean, I don't like it, but. Um, fuck it, right? But yep. not giving a shit about the fans, like that's what you're doing when you when you put on a show, and when you're yep. a promoter and you're begging to put a show on, like for television in an empty place, okay, like you're trying to get your television money, whatever. But if you're trying to do a live show right now, you're just saying you don't care about people. That's 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 yeah. your your stance. Yeah, I don't know what's gonna happen. I I can't see them doing doing with crowds, either of them. I, I don't know how you how you do how you pull that off. And like watching this show, this revolution show that we're gonna talk about, again, it's February 29th. We're obviously not in the situation we are today, but like we're in the we're in full disease spreading mode at, at yep. that point in time. So just like looking at that arena that I was in and Stu was in <laughs> and watching it two months later and I'm just like, ooh, like Yeah. That's <laughs> you know, like you that don't. Was the first thing 
when I kind of rewatched it was like some guy cough next to me I remember now and somebody drooled his beer next to me or something like that <laughs> yeah like and just seeing all the people together and you know Moxley comes in through the crowd and there are brawls through the crowd and it's like fuck like yeah fuck. well I was at Raw like five days earlier oh that's right and I feel the same way I'm like fuck we were we were at wrestling like with my kid I mean, I went. It just wasn't, yeah. The day, a, like the day after they shut down the uh, NBA and the NHL and all that shit, I went to see Matt Good, and yes, I knew. Right. And fortunately, like there was so many people didn't go right, and he yeah. he did the show, and immediately after the show, postponed the tour. Like fifteen minutes after the show was over, he was like tour over. And I, the person I went with, we were joking. We we're like, "Oh, that's the last concert for a year." Well, <laughs> yeah. It will be. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah that's uh, fuck. Well. <laughs> yeah, but come on, you know what? It all it all comes down to it's it, they're they're just trying to uh, stifle our freedom. It's true. We need a storm. My freedom somewhere. to get a haircut. <laughs> Got to get my hair sakes. colored. <laughs> Please. For sakes. Yeah, I need to go and get a pedicure. I fucking <laughs> just buzzed my hair. It was terrible. But I did it on my own. I might have to. Like it's getting there. Stu, or what have you? You uh, do you need a I'm, trim? I'm going for uh, Liam Gallagher. Be here now, kind of look at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Let it go. Nice. I'm trying to grow my beard out. I'm trying to just grow it out and see if I can grow a big, massive beard. I don't think I can. But God, so much white hairs. I did. I, I mean, uh, as of a month ago, I was there was like massive beard action happening and i was finally just like this is messy uh so i've i've cleaned it up uh since but it was a big fucking bearded mess maybe you'll end up with a big afro like grade 12 i can't do it with all the gray i just (laughs) i just can't do it you look like fucking uh uh, bride of frankenstein yeah no it's not happening like i'll have big curly wings like paulie and sopranos (laughs) (laughs) So no, no way. Uh, anyway, so AEW Revolution, boy, should we get a? Uh, you guys want to? You want to uh, give us a little rundown of your of your of your weekend in Chicago? Yes, yeah, Stu and I were at the show, so we left Toronto. The show was on a Saturday. We left Toronto on Friday morning. Uh, we drove nine hours. Uh, nice. We did all the stops. We we did uh, <laughs> Cracker Barrel. Which nice. I'd never done before. I traveled with Stu, and then he introduced me to Cracker, Bar- Cracker Did Barrel. Did we I'd... go to Cracker Barrel once in in uh, Wisconsin? I don't remember going to Cracker Barrel before. I feel like we did, dude. I don't know. I don't remember if well, I did. I don't. I'm anyways. a big fan of the barrel. I am too now. <laughs> and uh, I am ever since Darby Allen did a coffin drop through one. <laughs> <laughs> and then on on the way home, uh, we decided to try Bob Evans. Oh Jesus! Uh, it was okay, right? It was alright. <laughs> you know, decent value. Yeah, it was. It was something. So I we did that. Chicken pot pie, and then took an enormous dump in that. <laughs> That's uh, like the time at Embers in in Minneapolis. Oh, <laughs> Embers, <laughs> the worst. Uh, we also. In Chicago, I mean, we actually didn't do a heck of a lot in Chicago aside from the event. Like we uh, we got in on Friday, 
and we were in this Airbnb kind of north of the city, and we were exhausted by the time we got in. So we went and ate at like this this burger and fry place, which was okay. Yeah. Uh, and then we drove around a lot trying to find a car wash. <laughs> I think that was pretty much it, right, Stu? Yeah, about an hour driving around trying to find a car wash. Yeah, that was open. Jesus. Yeah, that was our first big night in Chicago. And then the second day we... Uh, Saturday. Yeah, Saturday we... God, what did we do? We went to get you popcorn. Made the pilgrimage, right? You made the pilgrimage to to, uh, to one hour teas. We did. Yeah, we did. Obviously. Uh, we got popcorn. You got on Twitter. You guys were on Twitter in the in the in the Pro Wrestling Tees uh, Twitter account in the video. Yes, we were. Which I spotted while my son was at swimming. I was like, "Holy shit!" Look it's at the fellas. Yeah, I was very excited when that happened. Uh, what else do we do, Stu? We went to Target. Of course. Of course. Was it a good Target? No. Fuck. No, or Target. You uh, went and bought some records. Yeah, records. We got popcorn. We did. Uh-huh. We got popcorn to keep my wife happy. Yeah, we went to Yeah, yeah, all, all the time. We went just to like last, Just like that in, in, uh, just like in on, on September long. Can't help. Got to get my wife that Chicago popcorn. Yeah, we went. Oh, it's so good. We went to Half Price uh, Books, and it sucked. Though the not nearly as good as the one we went to on our all-in trip. No way. Well, that was good. Week, yeah. week one. And then, uh, so we went uh, down to where the arena was. It was at Wintrust Arena, which was just south of downtown Chicago. Yeah, kind of like a, a smaller size arena. Like I think it was. It's a convention center arena, right? Uh, it's an arena. Like it's an it, arena attached to the convention center, though, right? Yeah, I think a college. Oh, okay, got it. Or something. Yeah, I'd say that it was probably about the size of Sears Center. They they have seating all the way around, though. Sears Center has <laughs> one side that doesn't have seats. But That's was, right. You know, it was kind of that big, like the concession area isn't terribly fancy or anything. It's just kind no. of enough uh, to hold yeah. a big crowd. And uh, we got there early so that we went to eat. Uh, I don't remember the name of the place. It was like, a, you know, it's like a wings and uh, beer yeah, place. Yeah. But anyway, Stu, why don't you talk a little bit about our experience getting beer and wings? Oh, so geez. we, I'm not going to, I don't remember the name of the place either. I don't want to talk bad about them, but it was not the most spectacular of experiences after waiting <laughs> for a few minutes for the young lady to come and take our order and we ordered like 20 wings between us and i asked her for can i get a, a local craft beer and she was like a bit perplexed as to what i was on about and i was like explain like you know just something local something cool and she comes back with a miller light for me nice <laughs> it isn't even I mean, it's Midwest, I guess. But. Jesus Christ. She was probably all uh, dazzled by your accents, too. I think that's what it was, yeah. yeah and then yeah. it took, what, uh, like 35 minutes for some wings? Oh, it was fucking forever. And, Jesus. like, you know, Stu in particular, like, works works in, the, you know, the food service industry. Yeah. And so I know, Stu, like, in general, you're, you're patient, yeah, much more patient than the other average person. But even you were like, oh, "Okay, fuck this! Like, this is not charming I, anymore." I I try to give people much more leeway, being as though I yeah. know how difficult a job it is. But fuck me, this poor lass was just like 
everybody around us seemed to be looking at each other like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? Um, God damn. I, when you say that, that, you know, someone being enamored by Stu's accent, though, uh, if Stu wasn't a married man and we had a little bit more time, he could have absolutely gotten some at the Cracker Barrel on the way to uh, <laughs> the, 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 the server. Just so, so in love with Stu's accent. I- are you going to guess nice. that young lady has never left Michigan? She's <laughs> extremely in awe of the fact that I didn't speak like her. Yeah. So where was this Cracker Barrel about? Uh, it was pa- it was in um, Lansing, Michigan. Nice. Uh, yeah, it's not surprising. Yeah, and so yeah, this this uh, she was just like yeah, just every time he spoke, she's like, oh my god. Couldn't couldn't parlay that into uh, an extra sausage link or you know more brisket. Unfortunately, really. I mean, she wasn't obviously that into me that I didn't get any (laughs) to take money out of her fucking paycheck. (laughs) So yeah, that was uh, that was those parts of the trip, and uh, also on the way. So we went to the show after the show, which ended at like it wasn't that long a show. It was only three and a half hours. Starting yeah. at seven. Isn't it nice to watch a wrestling show that's you know under six hours long? It's fucking great. It was the perfect length, right, Stu? After our WrestleMania experience, yes, that was quite the. <laughs> well, you guys were at the WrestleMania where there where where there was no transportation, right? Yes. After the show, yes, we got out though. Yeah, we lucky. yeah, we were lucky, but uh, this one though, in uh, transportation home. Uh, <laughs> So there are two subway lines. We we took the subway from the north side of, uh, like, way north of Chicago to Wintrust. And then going back, uh, there are two lines that would that go north from where we are. And uh, we decided to walk to the second line first. And then they were like, well, there's uh, an injury on the tracks, which means that somebody jumped on the tracks, probably a suicide. Jesus. Fucked up the whole subway line. So we went to the other train, had to wait forever. Then around the loop, all the trains were like fucked up. Like they weren't going in the same, <laughs> like they weren't going in the directions that they were advertised for and stuff. So we were going like back and forth, uh, like at the station, running to one side of the tracks and then the other. Like in the middle of the night, downtown Chicago. Yeah. And yep. then uh, finally, when we were heading home on the right train, we sat next to this like guy who's clearly living on the train. And, uh, and is like kind of taking the long, like the really long way to try to get money from me. Like he's sitting next to me talking. Stu's sitting there. No selling it. Uh, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. The whole thing. I'm answering his questions. And like, at one point he's like, like he wasn't, he was, he was like fucked up, but he wasn't like threatening or anything like that. Right. But he's like, at one point he's like, so, uh, what would you do though? Like, like you know, would you would you give someone money? I'm like, well, I don't know. No, he's like, well, what if what if the hell? What about the Hell's Angels? I'm like, what do you mean? He's oh, like, what if the hell? Christ. What if someone from the Hell's Angels asks you for money? And I'm like, like if they were trying to rob me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, that wow. was that was a conversation until we switched uh, subway cars. And uh, yeah, the, this yeah. was this is also the. Guy who kept going back to asking us about our sleeping arrangement. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. Every every three or four sentences, he'd some way work back to asking about where we were staying. 
Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, we're in an Airbnb in the same room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and like I forget what he said about Canada too, but he's like, you know, didn't he say something like, "Who's in charge up there?" <laughs> we were yeah, like, "Trudeau." Yeah. 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 Yes. I, think he, I think he asked who the mayor was. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was the trip. Aside from the wrestling, I mean, the drives were fun, but like clearly the the highlight was Revolution. And I mean, Stu, it was a whirlwind uh, trip. We were pretty tired by the end of it. Uh, could have could have clearly gotten COVID on the trip. But looking back now, in retrospect, was it worth it for this show? If I'd had got COVID, maybe not. But being as I was clean as a whistle when we got back, I would say it was worth it. And uh, we, of course, Alan and I knew about about Stu's gift for, for, for quite some time beforehand. Oh, that's right. This, uh, this trip, of yeah, course, being a Christmas gift from your wife for Christmas. Yeah, um, so how and that... I knew. Yeah, how that... You Chris, knew. Yeah, Jamie. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, Jamie. Oh. Huh? Everyone knows who you are now. Uh, Uh-oh. Mega Mix knew. He, uh, I think we even, I even said it on the sleepover. Uh, but we, so I know, you know, Stu's wife used to work at the same company as me. And then she moved to uh, one of the big banks and was my client for a couple of years. And that's how I met Stu at a yeah. charity walk for said bank. And uh, she a couple of wrestling dorks, a couple of wrestling dorks. Oh. We just latched <laughs> onto each other. It was like the charity walk, and we're like rolling around in the grass doing moves. <laughs> hey, Stu, do you want to know something? When we were in high school, it was about 1993. It's all we became friends because we both liked wrestling. Yeah, so it's, it's just it's the circle of life. Yeah, it truly is. And and as you'll both no doubt attest, anytime you meet. A wrestling fan who isn't a complete social leper, you, you latch onto them. You're like, oh, you, yeah. you wash, you bathe, and you yeah. don't live in your mom's basement. Let's let's hang out. It's like you're not like the guy that we sat next to it all in. Okay. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you're good. So we wearing are... a fucking wrestling belt and screaming on Vince McMahon for three hours. <laughs> so we had a uh, we had an alumni event right before Christmas at my work, and so uh, Stu's wife was there, so we were talking, and she was yep. like, I'm, "I want to get him a gift, uh, like an AEW gift. What do you suggest?" And I was like, <laughs> "Tickets to Revolution." Like knowing that then if we so got them, self-serving. ah, then I get to go to the show. <laughs> so that's what happened. So good, man. Yeah, that's so great. Um, we sat in the second. There was only two uh, decks there. Uh, yeah. We were in the second deck, cheapest seats in the building, but uh, we we were sitting at a place where you could see everything in the ring, everything around the ring easily. You could see people when they came out on stage as their entrances. We could not see the entrance like videos. Okay. Um, and we did not get the little flashing light doohickeys that a lot of people had either. Yeah, no LED bracelets for you guys. No. Uh, for the record, when I went to see Taylor Swift, I got one of those. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Good guy. Did you keep it? Uh, no, because they recycled them. Okay. Uh, yeah. environment. I, I assume that keeping them would really mean, would be pretty pointless. A little bit. I got yeah. one when I, I went to see, I went to see the New Jersey Devils home opener against the Jets last October, and uh, I got one too. I mean, they're neat little trinkets. They were good for this show. It helped, right? 
It did, yeah. It, it looked came cool. off really well, as you know. Uh, did, had you guys watched Revolution back uh, before we did this, or did you not see it since you've seen it live? Uh, I watched it this weekend. Yeah. I watched the tag match many times, and yeah. uh, I watched the Orange Cassidy match a number of times as well, and yeah. uh, and the Darby Allen match. Uh, so I've watched those three matches back, but not the whole thing uh, start to finish. This was the first time. So, yeah, that's that's awesome. So, uh, oh, I guess I'll just give you my background. So I ordered this on, on pay-per-view on Fight TV. So I, I spent the buckage because fuck it. I'm, 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 uh, I'm, I'm all in on AEW. And, uh, so usually we, uh, uh, my wife's friend, uh, who, uh, the big man knows yep. Sarah, uh, is a big, uh, wrestling fan and, uh, a, a huge Jericho fan. So I've been able to convince her to come, to come watch AEW because fucking Jericho's there. He's awesome. So, uh, she came over and, and, uh, she brought her, uh, her partner, Kyle. Yes. Who, uh, you know, does not watch wrestling, but uh, kept asking when there was going to be a brawn panties match. <laughs> As a joke, obviously. Um, it was hilarious because uh, the kids had no idea. <laughs> when's the brawn panties match? Um, you know, and if there's, you know, this is what non wrestling fans remember if, you, if they watched during that era. It's like they just remember that you watch shows where they had brawn panties matches. It's fucking embarrassing. Um, so watched it, uh, thoroughly enjoyed it uh, at the time. I hadn't watched it back, so it was exciting to watch it again. I, uh, and again, quite enjoyed it. So it, it's going to be fun to go through. Uh, so let's see. I've got, uh, I got the wiki up, the wiki, sorry. Wiki, come on. Get uh, it. I've got the Observer newsletter story up with the rankings. I've got my own notes. Uh, shall we dive into this? So you're gonna you have the biased wrestling observer. Yes. So biased. <laughs> do you have the tail of the tape in front of you, or do you want me to read it? I don't have the tail of the tape in front of me, unfortunately. I do have one thing. Um, did anybody see today that Alvarez posted essentially a, a single tweet with the SmackDown rating? That was all he put, and people were so mad and were like, "You're biased." That's the running joke now. His like yeah. for the last since the Wednesday Night Wars started. The running joke is that one of his tweets every week is just, here's the viewership for AEW, here's the viewership for NXT. And it's just a flood of anger. Yeah. <laughs> WWE fans go crazy. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, you know what? AEW fans are also obnoxious. Like, they're both obnoxious. Just enjoy your fucking show. Like, yeah. Yeah, we've talked about this many times. Yeah. Uh, you know, like... I yeah, anyway, so tail of the tape. Let's hear it. So AEW Revolution was uh, took place on February 29th, Leap Day uh, 2020, from Chicago, Lethal Illinois. Leap year. Am I right, boys? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I missed the trick there. Uh, Chicago, <laughs> Illinois, Wintrust Arena. Uh, the attendance was approximately 7,000. Uh, the buy rate for this show is estimated to be 100 to 105,000, which isn't bad for pay-per-view. Nope. Uh, probably, I would, I would argue it's not a bad number for sure. Probably not where they would have hoped to have been at this time in their existence, but, uh, yeah. but certainly not, uh, not bad at all. Uh, it featured seven matches on the main show. There were two dark matches, uh, three and a half hour showtime. Uh, this show had about 
probably two solid months of buildup. So the previous pay-per-view, which was uh, Full Gear, which I also attended, uh, took place on November 9th. So (laughs) almost almost four months. Uh, After Full Gear, they spent probably up till Christmas just kind of moving things along and hyping up their television show. But certainly there were two months of of build. The main event featured uh, AEW, uh, not heavyweight champion, world champion Chris Jericho uh, taking on John Moxley. And at this point in time, both undefeated. Yeah. Uh, So we will talk about the build up to each match as we get uh, into each show. But uh, the dark matches, Mm -hmm. uh, the first one was... Uh, Britt Baker and Penelope Ford, who defeated Rio and uh, Yuka Kasazaki uh, by submission. Yep. Uh, and the second match was the Dark Order, uh, which was Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. Uh, and by the way, what was Jericho's guy? Uh, there was like, you know, it was like something trays when he was going yeah, over I can't his, uh, remember. his his dudes. He, but it was like it was like 25, 30 minutes ago. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they defeated SoCal Uncensored, Frankie Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky in a match where, uh, after the match was over, Christopher Daniels teased that he was going to refuel himself as the uh, the exalted, exalted one. one. Uh, but of course, he wasn't. And uh, a couple of weeks later, the exalted one would reveal himself. Uh, I I like the Dark Order a lot better now than I did. Uh, Brodely's pretty awesome. Uh, and these matches were fine, I guess. Right, Stu? I I don't remember. They, they were fun. I will say this. Yeah. The, the women's match was the best women's match of the night. Yes. <laughs> the dark match, for yes. sure. I gotta say, I am... I, I, I gotta say, uh, Penelope Ford, pretty awesome. In terms of just, you know, uh, she's... It's kind of like she is, you know, sneakily a good wrestler. And Britt Baker I is great. didn't know she could wrestle. I, yeah. I honestly thought she was just a valet until yeah. she, like, the last couple of months has started wrestling a lot. Throwing fucking ranas and shit. Ranas She's pretty good. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, big fan of uh, Britt Baker. Uh, she's done well for oh, herself. Especially now. Yeah, absolutely. It's Ever really- since the boat. Ever since the boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is Rio dating Kenny Omega? Is that the one? Apparently so. I thought it was Sheeta. Oh, because Rio's 22. I'm like, good for you, Kenny. I thought it was Sheeta that was dating Kenny Omega. All right. Well, I, don't I don't know. know. Rio. You think so? I'm pretty sure it's Rio. Fucking Kenny. Oh, look at you, Kenny. <laughs> that, that dude's such an enigma. <laughs> uh, so... We start the show. I'll just, I guess, I'll just go through the play-by-play and uh, yeah, let's do it. Give yeah. some star ratings and all that business. Do, do you have anything before we start? No, boys, let's get it on. Slowest yeah. national anthem ever to start this fucking show. Oh my god! I remember when she started Terrible. singing it, and we were just like, oh my god! Like she wasn't a bad singer, but it was, it was almost like the parody of when you'd watch a comedy and they'd sing the thing so goddamn slowly. I was hoping that AEW wouldn't do anthems. I was going to ask, Al, did they do it at the Full Gear show? I think they did. Okay. I don't don't remember that when I watched it on pay-per-view at the time, whether they showed it or not. Well, they did it at at the ones we went to, All In and All Out. They did. They did. Yeah. Yeah. And they did Double or Nothing, too. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. Uh, So match one is Dustin Rhodes against Jake Hager. 
Uh, yep. This this match is built with by uh, an incident in the Jericho Jericho Cody build. Yes. from the previous uh, pay per view where Jake Hager slammed a car door on Dustin Rhodes's arm, and so now they're having this match, and it is Jake Hager's uh, first AEW match. Yes, after making his debut in October. Yes, on Dynamite. Uh, so. Uh, Hager comes out and he makes out with his wife, who's never been a character on television. She's all of a sudden just there and they're making out and she's a heel. And it reminds me of when we had our Backyard Wrestling Federation and someone would show up with like their girlfriend at the the time (laughs) and and just kind of like get them on the show somehow. Let's let's work her in somehow. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh, So she's instantly a heel. Uh, not many notes on this. Uh, they, no. they brawl through the crowd. Uh, J- uh, what's his name? Rhodes had a shirt that said Jericho's bitch, making fun of Hager. Uh, the crowd chants that. You can't uh, take the attitude air out of an attitude era guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you H- really can't. Hager beats on Dustin outside the ring, uh, and then talks to his wife, and then Dustin tosses Hager aside and like forcefully kisses the wife in a, a spot. Yeah. A spot that really shouldn't be happening in 2020. Nope. Nope. Um, and I was, we were watching and it's like, I'm like, you know, we had kids there. I was just like, you can't do that. No matter what, you can't do that. Yeah. It, it, when <laughs> you watch hard, he's a good guy. What are you supposed to do? He's the good guy. It's fucking stupid. When you watch old wrestling and they do stuff like that, you're like, oh, that's creepy. But to still be putting it out nowadays is a bit odd. Yeah. They've had a few things where it was like, oh, the AW's had a few points where I've been like, just just don't, guys. Uh, so that's the start of his comeback. Uh, eventually, Hager gets more heat on Dustin. Uh, he takes a backdrop, though, over the top rope and hits his head on the steps, which is a great spot. It's pretty good, yep. Uh, they trade a few submissions. They tease a, re- a ref bump in the corner. And while Audrey's back is turned, Hager knees uh, Dustin in the balls. Yep. And then he gives him his arm triangle, which is his MMA submission. Yep. Uh, and that is it. Uh, in the Observer, uh, Dave Meltzer said, Jake Hager pinned Dustin Rhodes at 1442. He did not pin him. No, he didn't. Uh, Rhodes went out. Uh, he gave it three stars. I gave it two stars. Yeah, that's a two-star opener. Not hot at all. And it's, like, I get it. it not every match on this show had to be for me. So I, that's fine. I'm, I'm okay with it. But I wasn't terribly interested in it. The backstory was fine. But, uh, and I don't, like, I, I you know, if this, listen, I, I've gone on the record saying, like, Dustin Rhodes right now is 100 times better than he was as Gold Dust at almost any point. In the last, let's say, 20, 20 years, but uh, I just this wasn't this wasn't my thing. Stu, um, for what it was, it was it was okay. It, I don't think it was a great choice to open with. It could have maybe done as a buffer between a, matches later on in the card. Yeah, but it was fine for it. A couple of big blokes slapping each other. It was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm the same. This, this match was fine for the pay-per-view, but I didn't think it should have opened. No. Uh, so then they do their first preview for blood and guts, their war games match that they were going to do at Newark. <laughs> I was so excited. It was the first time that they revealed it. And I'm like, Holy shit. Newark and you're going to be there. Well, excited and anything. I was excited. Yeah. Like Stu was there. I was genuinely excited. But of course, again, yeah, as the as the weekend rolled on, it became more of a I don't know if we're going to make it to that. Yep. So, yeah. 
Uh, match two, Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara. Uh, in a battle of two guys who, when this federation started, I was like, who are these fuckers? And now love yeah. them both. I know. I remember I remember watching, uh, being at, when we were at Dynamite, and uh, the, the first, uh, the premiere, and uh, in the pre, like uh, the dark match, it was Darby against uh, what's his name? Joey uh, Janela. Uh, no, no. Um, who the fuck guy from the from Strong Hearts there? Um, Shima. Yeah, Shima. Oh. And so, and that was tremendous. And I was like, "Fuck, Darby Allen. This guy's got some jam. He's a jam up guy." Darby Allen uh, was interviewed on Wrestling Observer, and the dude's got. Uh, a ring in his basement and he's just like when i you know i only wrestle the one time a week but i'm in my ring like practicing all the time and i just think that's nice. the best like to have a ring in your basement that you just practice yeah. big moves in yeah why not uh, i mean the, the the dude clearly i mean he looks crisp there's probably a reason for it uh so sammy makes his entrance darby does his entrance second and they're, they're kind of you know, it's kind of at that point where they're just kind of getting ready for the match to start. Sammy's out of the ring in the corner. Darby does this great suicide dive. Yeah. through Like, through this, like, not the, you know, the top and the middle rope, but the middle and the bottom rope. Yes. Yeah. Um, um, the build-up, by the way, the build-up for this, of course, was that uh, Sammy had, uh, Sammy had uh, injured uh, Darby's throat with his skateboard and a beat down by the inner circle. And so it set up this match. It was a good, it was a good build for, for two guys that, uh, you know, deserve a spotlight. So anyway, here we go. Uh, they do a bunch of brawling. So this is all technically pre-match. Yes. Uh, they, uh, Darby goes for a plancha and misses it and like legitimately misses it. Yeah. Gets his feet caught in the ropes and crashes and burns, but it plays into what they do next. So, yep. um, Sammy throws Darby's skateboard at his face and then <laughs> plays it like a guitar. Awesome. Uh, Six thirty sent on by Sammy Guevara through a table, table and Darby from the top rope. That was awesome. And the match hasn't started yet. It's yeah. fucking so great. They get back in the ring, and of course, stupid fucking wrestling logic. They're like, "Well, this guy's fucked up, but let's let's start the competitive contest. <laughs> start the match." <laughs> uh, so they ring the bell. Uh, there are uh, a number of tries by Darby trying to do uh, submission arm bars, including one where he bites the fingers. Yes. Uh, at one point in the match, Sammy hits a big Spanish fly off the top rope. Yes. Um, and eventually for the finish, Sammy removes the top turnbuckle, but then he gets monkey flipped into it, into a stunner, into that, what, I don't forget what it's called. Is it the, like the slumdog millionaire? Uh, is that what it's called? That stunner where you kind of do like the suplex the setup? stunner, the one where it looks like he's taking a move, and but it's actually hit the stunner. Yeah, it hits the stunner and a coffin drop to win the match. Yes. Uh, the uh, ma- by the way, was uh, fucking Cody doing the coffin drop was amazing this week. Oh, I never saw that. <laughs> so Cody fought Darby in the in the TNT Championship tournament, and Cody all went for the fucking coffin drop, and all Darby got the knees up, but it was fucking great. Nice. All seeing fucking the Codemeister all doing the big coffin drop. It was a good, you know, and a lot of people hated the finish too, but I thought it was great where it's all the fucking uh, coffin. It was Did he hit the coffin drop but then got, got fucking pinned? It was great. Anyway. It, it was a great idea. They just kind of didn't execute it very well. No, it was a little sloppy. Yeah. Still good though. 
good shit. So I gave this match three and a half stars. Meltzer went yeah. three and three quarter. Yeah, three and a half's about right. Stu, I I would say like watching it on TV, I give it three and a half. Being there, I give it four. Like crowd was hyped into it, and the yeah. the like the the big spots came off really well in person. Watching it back again, it was like, oh yeah, this this is good, but not as quite not as fun no. as it was live. I mean, I'll tell you what though. I mean, the fact that like these two guys got over and they get they get positions to shine, and this is what is fun about watching these shows is these guys uh, were kind of not they were nobodies. I'd never and now they're like you know big stars, but it's not like those insane pushes that then they go nowhere. They're, they're just building them up and giving them a chance to do what they do. It's great. Uh, so match three is Kenny Omega and Hangman Page <laughs> against the Young for Bucks. For fuck's sakes. For the Boys. Uh, Jesus. This is one of the best matches I've ever seen. I'd it's so good. It's definitely the best tag team match I've ever seen. Yeah, I, would say, I would say so too. I'm trying to think if it's the best live match I've ever seen. Um... It's certainly up there. Like, I mean, you know, probably top five I've seen live, maybe. Yes, for sure. Uh, nice. Crazy match. So the storyline here, uh, the four guys are all part of the elite. Um, so they've been around as, as pals for many years on the web, the web series produced uh, by the yeah, Young Bucks. They, they were all in the Bullet Club. Yeah, all in the Bullet Club. So they're all pals. But Hangman Page... Uh, who another dude who when when all elite wrestling started like I knew who the guy was we saw him wrestle at uh, all in and I'd seen him do some uh, New Japan stuff yeah and he was entertaining but you know I was just like okay this guy's fine um, yep. but like I don't see it right now uh, no, we, I mean, we were we were firmly in firmly we were very pleased when he lost to Jericho for the title yeah we saw him at uh, all out and even there, it was like, okay, he's in the match. That's great, but it didn't really do anything. And he yeah, was kind his, of his horse was more over. Yeah, he was kind yeah. of he was kind of meandering for a few months, yeah. and then he got into this storyline where he doesn't want to be with the elite anymore. He's just yeah. done with it. Yeah. But he's teamed with Kenny, and Kenny's just like the guy that wants to be everyone's friend. Yep. Uh, Hangman though is pissed at the box and he just wants, I mean the, the story that they're trying to tell is he's an alcoholic. Like, let's be honest. Yes. <laughs> just always with a beer. Uh, yeah. but like, uh, guys think back to hang when they won the titles, they're on the fucking boat. It's January. He's all drinking fans beer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fuck sakes. He drank a fans beer at this show. Yes. Uh, so he is now though for the last like two months, um, leading up to this show, all of a sudden, like the most over guy, or like let's say top two or three most over guys in the yeah. company, right? Yeah. Uh, and the idea is him and Kenny win the tag titles, uh, but they're not really getting along. Like they are, they work together as a team, but you can tell that there's yeah. issues. The Young Bucks are jealous because they think they're the best team. And that's, you yeah. know, like everyone knows they created the federation. And yep. they're the, the top tag team, and they, yet they don't have the titles. It's a thing. And so they lost in the tournament. They, you know, they lost a private party. It's been, they've had a rough go. So there's animosity there. So you've got this yep. match with all these little storylines, right? Yeah. 
so this fucking match, uh, Buck's music is awesome. It's oh, so good. Uh, they get booed though uh, during yep. their intros. Uh, Kenny and uh, Kenny and Hangman both get huge reactions. Kenny, this is one of the points where where this dude. There was a few points in this match, including his entrance, where I'm like, "This is the Kenny." Like, yeah, we're like, "This is the fucking star that they really didn't mm-hmm. show us for a while." Yep. Um, yeah. This was especially coming off that Iron Man match he'd had with Pac the like week oh, before. Yeah. Which was so he's and he's got the injury from the Iron Man match and everything. Yep. Uh, Kenny and Nick Jackson chain wrestle to start the match, and they end with a handshake. Yeah. Uh, so they both tag out. Hangman and Matt do the same little chain wrestling, and then Matt goes for the handshake, and Hangman spits right in his face. <laughs> <laughs> and like I remember, like the crowd, and and we're part of this crowd. Like you're into the match, but you're also playing along, right? So he spits, and everyone's like, "Oh, <laughs> exactly." Uh, so Matt at this point is fucking done with the dude, and like has to be restrained by Kenny and by Nick. Yep. Uh, we get a sequence of the Young Bucks running wild, which is always great. Um, mm-hmm. One of my favorite spots that they did to Kenny is, I forget, you know, one of them does like the handstand head scissors and the other guy all fucking just drop kicks the dude in the face. Awesome. Uh, great little move. Uh, Hangman eventually works over Matt Jackson's back, goes over to Kenny and all slaps him on the chest to tag him in. And it's like, <laughs> go, go fucking do something. I love it. Uh, I love everything about this match. Everything. Uh, Hangman goes to put Matt through a table on the outside of the ring, but Kenny stops him. Uh, Fucking Kenny, hey? Yeah. Nick gets a hot tag and runs wild. Kenny gets a hot tag and runs wild until he's caught on a dive. Uh, They get the heat on Kenny, and uh, they tease a number of tags to the Hangman. Uh, Finally, Hangman gets the tag, makes the first comeback of his to huge cheers. People are going fucking crazy. Uh, He does the moonsault to the outside on the Bucks. Uh, and then he has Nick in the ring, like fucking beaten up, and he all just throws him in the corner to like he's like fucking tag your brother in. Uh, tags Matt in. Crowd is one hundred percent behind Hangman. Yep. Uh, they do an ass- uh, Kenny and Hangman do an assisted German on Nick, who lands on his fucking head. Awesome. Oh, uh, dangerous but awesome. Nick gives a destroyer to uh, Hangman for two. Uh, then Hangman during his next comeback does the fucking fake super kick, uh, kick to the knee and chicken wing, the fucking Marty scroll spot, uh, yes. including the whole like twirling and chicken wing. It's fucking great. <laughs> People went nuts. Oh, well, I mean, you know, and I, um, I didn't actually like recognize it at the time. I'll be honest, but you know, when watching it back, I'm like, fuck, I don't know. Stu, did yeah. you catch it at the time? No, I didn't. Yeah. Um, on TV, I caught it. And I, and I got it. Yeah. Um, but that's because just, you know, when you're seeing it on TV, you're seeing and you hear it, and you, you know, it's just a little different. Uh, I, what I like, and there's, there's parts of the Cody match too, and other parts of this match, that AEW acknowledges that there's other wrestling. Yes. Yes, exactly. Uh, like even in the promo at the top, Jericho can say Paige and he can say, you know, whoever. Because it doesn't fucking matter. Yep. It doesn't uh, matter. You can say, you can talk about your competition. And you can do it without being derisive. It's just you can acknowledge that other things exist. Uh, so while this chicken wing is on Nick, Mac breaks it up with a 450, which is also yep. great. Then we get a bunch of near falls on finishers. The crowd is, and, and again, me and Stu are fucking losing our minds, like, <laughs> watching this. 
Uh, then I think my favorite sequence of the match, uh, um, fucking Kenny going off with V triggers and fucking Snapdragons, and I'm like, this dude is a fucking like star. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, gets the Tiger it's Driver so on Nick, but uh, Nick kicks out. Uh, yeah. I, I then wrote too many shots of the audience. I know. That's the problem with watching it on TV, boys, is that, uh, you know, for for some reason, you know, all these production teams just want to show us all the fucking nerds. And there was one shot. So most of them are people reacting. There's one shot, though, the dude's all texting and not yep. paying attention. <laughs> like, yeah. why? Yeah. Um, Kenny takes the poison Ron off the second buckle from Nick. Jesus. Uh, Matt with a Northern Light suplex to Hangman on the outside, the rolling Northern Lights up, up, yes. like going on an upward uh, trajectory too. I know it was fucking impressive. Uh, and then he tells Nick to give Hangman the Indy Taker on the outside, so they do tremendous booze. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the crowd's fucking. It's, it's just so much fucking fun. Yeah. Uh, the Bucks are then working over Kenny two on one, and like Kenny's selling the super kicks, so like. You can sell the super kick by taking a back bump, right? Um, yep. Which is the normal way that people do it. Kenny's yep. all selling them like his fucking face hurts. And it, like you build that much more sympathy for the guy. Yeah. Because you're like, his friends are fucking hurting him. Like it's not, yeah. it doesn't look cartoony. No, it's like you don't get kicked and you do a big back bump. It's you get kicked in the fucking face by yeah. your friends who, you know, like at the start of the match, you're trying to like be nice and be a sportsman. And now they're just ripping the shit out of you. Yeah. Uh, the Bucks then give Kenny the golden trigger. Oh. <laughs> uh, Kenny kicks out at one crowd. That's again, like probably the biggest pop of the match. I don't know. That Stu, might have been one of the biggest, one of the biggest pops of the night. Stu, Jesus. were you going nuts at this point? I think I was ready to like eat my own head. I was that excited. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then Matt works over Kenny's bad shoulder, uh, like a great heel, just stomping yep. more booze. Uh, then they go for the Meltzer driver, but fucking Hangman breaks it up with a big-ass powerbomb to Matt through a table. A table yes. that's just randomly there. <laughs> of course. Uh, they do the buckshot V-trigger to Matt, which only gets two. Nice. Uh, Kenny with a, another V-trigger, and then he goes for the one-wigged angel. Uh, yeah. Matt escapes it, though, so Paige fucking comes in, and he does the one-wigged angel. So good. People lose their shit again. It gets broken up. And then fucking Paige throws Nick outside, gives him the buckshot, lariat to the outside, and then one to Matt on the inside for the pin, uh, making him look like a fucking superstar. That's what you got to do. Like, honestly, of the four guys in this match, you know, and and again, Hangman Page is a great wrestler and a great character, but clearly number four in this match in terms Mm -hmm. of like, you know, fancy skill, like all that kind of stuff. And yeah. and yet they fucking made him and like they knew he was the star. He knew that he was the the one that people wanted to see, and they yep. and they made him the guy that went over strong. Yeah, yes, this isn't a Triple H match, folks. <laughs> it's like they're gonna put the fucking guy over that people want to see get over. You, you know, Kenny doesn't need the rub. Hangman needed that fucking rub, and so he got it. That was fucking amazing. That's fucking five stars for Stu- me, Stu. Five stars. My only tiny, tiny, tiny criticism is I felt they should have finished it with Kenny and uh, Hangman's finisher. Oh, yeah, when they did the box like, shot, Larry. Only slight yeah. criticism. Yeah. That was a little false finish. That finish I'll agree. 
Uh, I gave it five stars. Meltzer gave it six. Uh, nice. I, I mean, the only reason I don't go more than five is because I don't uh, personally. I don't go more than five on my rating scale. Yeah, I don't either. You know, like one day we can have a debate over what's the best five star match, but I just like at at some point you just got to stop with the fucking stars. Yeah, but again, it's his rating system. He can do what he wants. Yes. Uh, so after the match, Omega and the Bucks make amends, but Hangman doesn't. Yep. And then he fucking I love. He's just on the, the apron. He yeah. just puts the belt down, and it looks like he's going to give the buck shot, and the crowd knows it. Yeah. And I, again, the, another good thing about AEW, the fucking announcers aren't stupid. Nope. You know they you know they don't pretend like they don't see it. They're like, "Did you see that?" And of course, <laughs> yep. Kenny spots him, and Hangman's like friends, and uh, <laughs> and they leave together as pals. But you know, we're we're teasing. And you know, and we have been denied. Fucking COVID. I was denied us. Yeah. The like, fucking the fucking progression of this. Yeah, it's it sucks. <laughs> yep. Um, so yeah. So now this next match. That was a 30 minute match, by the way. It was fucking perfect. Anyway. Uh, yeah, 30 minutes and five seconds. They actually announced the 30 minute uh mark of the match right before the buckshots. Yeah, it was great. Uh so this next match, uh Vinny of the Brian and Vinny show mm-hmm. wrote a comment on Twitter where, where he was like has there ever been a bigger difference between star ratings from one match to the next? Um, oh, I know. Now I, I feel I feel bad. Honestly, watching this match back on television in the arena, even as well, um, I don't know, Stu. You 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 might feel differently. I certainly felt and said out loud at mo- multiple moments that I was like, "They need to end this match. Like it's getting unsafe." Uh, yeah. But I don't think yeah. it was as bad as people said it was. Stu, what did you think? Um, it, out of context, it was a perfectly acceptable match. But following what it had just followed, it, no matter what they did, it was gonna be a bit yeah for the crowd. I, my problem is, I just I think Nyla Rose just isn't there yet. And I felt bad for Chris Statlander, who was having to work. I, I think Nyla Rose is super green. And you can hide that against Riho. Uh, I don't think you can hide it against others. And uh, no. it, was, it was too bad. It, it was too bad because they have, they have some really good talent there. And I just think the big monster heel who's not particularly skilled is not the right person to be the, the champion. It's not unless you're going to give her yeah. five-minute... Yeah. Relatively, feed her, if you're gonna feed her, if you're gonna feed her smaller, smaller uh, women who will bump for her and will just take a beating, then fine. But it just wasn't working. And Statlander's a good wrestler. I love Statlander. I really like her. Like she's probably one of the best women they have. And, yeah. and you know, afterwards you read about the fact that she'd been sick or weak. So you you know you have to factor yeah. that into how it went down. Yeah. But it, it shouldn't have gone. Anywhere near as long as it did. Oh. Irrelevant. 13 minutes. Going. Yeah. yeah, it was it was it was all around badly booked, first of all. Yeah. That was the first step. Like I'm not gonna hammer down on Nyla Rose. If you're gonna put her in that position, then you have to play to the strengths, and her strengths are not 13 minute matches with a person with someone who's you know, you know, who's not tiny and can't bump around like a crazy man. Yeah. Uh, so that is like taller than Nyla Rose and she's not a small woman at all so it no. doesn't 
play yeah. into Nyla Rose's strength of, like you said, just knocking the shit out of people. Yeah. You could have put her against Riho in a rematch. Would have been 100 times better. Yeah. So the uh, the story of this match is that Statlander can't be tossed around. Uh, she's actually physically able to stand up to Nyla Rose. Yeah. Uh, Jim Ross tells us not to expect a classic. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Jr. I personally am Statlander is fine enough as a wrestler. I don't like the gimmick. Um, the gimmick's fucking. The gimmick is fine. The way they played the gimmick is terrible. Yeah, I like the idea that she like either she can she can pretend that she's from outer space or she can believe she's from outer space. But I but don't let's like not the idea. All try and pretend that she is. Yeah, I don't like the announcers going along with it. Um, yeah. That that part doesn't. And then work Jr. shits all over it, and then it just it comes off bad. And also, I don't know why I thought this. The announcer is being from the Adromanon galaxy or whatever, right? And I'm like. If I went to another galaxy to wrestle, like, don't say I'm from the Milky Way. Like, I'm from Earth. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like, it's so... Yeah. What, yeah. yeah. What, 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 uh, what uh, allegiance do you have to the Milky Way? <laughs> yeah, like, why you would you... Earth all the way. Yeah, like, why would you say you're just from that galaxy? Like, that's such a... You know, it doesn't make any sense. Like, in Star yes. Wars, they're not like... You know, like you're from the fucking Dagobah system or from like your planet. You're not from. Yes, the exactly. Anyways. Um, so this match is off to an ugly start right away. Statlander fucks a nip up and uh, yep. she fucked it up and then rolled backwards to kind of save it. And there's there was I remember this. There's all kind of a polite applause. <laughs> I know you're all just kind of feeling bad for her. Yep. Um, it, I, it shows like the, the difference between the fan base that we we were once upon a time and what we are now that we're like politely applauding fuck ups yep. instead of just shitting on this match. If this match had took place 10, 15 years ago, it would have got booed at the building. Yep. Uh, it's a different world. It's a different world, but like, you know, I think people are just more you, willing like, to, you know, I think people are just more willing to understand this is not perfect. And yeah. it, it doesn't have to be. Um, that being said, yeah, that was that was that was a bad that was an auspicious beginning. Uh, Nyla gives really weak clotheslines to Statlander, um, yep. and Statlander delivers a bad super kick. But then she does a couple of really nice topes onto yep. uh, Nyla on the outside. That was great. I like the way that Nyla sold them too. Like yep. you usually get the tope where the guy kind of glances his arms on the person and then they move, but but Nyla like fell right into the yeah. barricade and looked pretty good. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Um, Statlander gets tied into the ropes. Nyla goes for a top rope move, but gets distracted because Statlander does a handstand. <laughs> and I'm like, so what? You're going to jump on her. And now that she's in an even more prone position, you're confused. <laughs> yep. Um, the first terrifying spot, uh, not our Statlander fucks up a superplex on Nyla. I almost like I almost vomited. Like it was so scary. Yeah, well, and you know, it's a superplex, so it's also on the person taking the move too, right? Like, you got to know how to take that. So when they did that, I, I remember being with Stu and being like, they need to end this match. Like, yep. someone's going to get fucking hurt. And then they go back up to the top rope, and I'm like, oh my god, like, it's like something really bad is going to happen. And she goes for that avalanche bomb, and the first time she brings... Uh, it's Nyla doing it to Statlander. Yes. The first oh time she God. brings her up, I'm like, she's not going up for this. Like, she's going to land on her fucking head and neck. 
Yep. And because uh, she's not tiny, and if you can't get her up, don't try it. Yeah, and she she. Fortunately, it didn't look that great a move, but they did it in a way where she was able to kind of tuck her head and take yep. it for the pin. But I was I was fucking terrified. Um, yep. So I, Nyla wins. I didn't think it was as horrible as everybody said, though I only gave it like a star. Uh, Meltzer yep. actually gave it two. He was pretty generous. Yeah, I'd, I'd give it a star. It wasn't. It was not. Uh, it was not good. If if Nyla's gonna win anyway, just have her beat the fuck out of her then. That would have been more entertaining. Stu? And it would have made, like, you know, you could have played up the fact that Statlander had been sick all week. Yes. And down the line gets another match somewhere. Yeah. When they get a chance to, you know, work it out a little bit. I agree with you. You start to see where these guys can't work out. You know, you start start to see kind of the wrestling in, 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 in this decade, right? Where it's like, you know, AEW specifically. I mean, you know, they got to have some times to work these things out. And uh, you know, get some time in the ring, and uh, and practice because you can see it's pretty glaring here. Uh, match five. This is the first match where I believe, um, in terms of like the match and how it ended and stuff like that, Stu and I would have disagreed. So my my thing with Cody's matches is like he's not spectacular in the ring, but his matches in AEW anyway have always felt big time. They've always had a a sense of importance around them. And, and yep. despite the build for this being good, I didn't feel the match had that gravitas around it. No. The crowd still weren't really back to life after the tag title match. Do you and, guys remember at All Out where Cody and Spears just went fucking crazy and people soaked it in and loved it? Mm-hmm. Because they were fucking mad at each other. And, it, yeah. and they and they played it off like more of a grudge match than a fucking wrestling contest. That this is what this felt like was completely unlike that. It just felt and, like, oh, we don't like each other. We're going to wrestle and grapple. Yeah, and the the match that Cody had it all in for the title with Aldis felt like a big time boxing match. It had that kind of yep. this is history. This is important feel to this. Yep. And this had nothing. It just felt like a regular wrestling match. And they built that up, and he had to fight in the cage, and he did the fucking thing with the cage and Wardlow, and it was great, and everything was looking good. And then it just fell flat, I felt. Well, you know, so the story here is that at uh, Full Gear, four months before this, MJF is Cody's friend, and is in his corner for Cody's title match, um, which Cody loses... When MJF throws in the towel, and then yes. he turns on Cody, boots him in the balls, um, and then uh, for the next four months, MJF's like, "Well, if you want to match with me, you have to go through all this bullshit." So <laughs> Cody can't touch him. Cody has to win a cage match. Cody has to take these ten lashes to the back. Cody goes through all the steps, and MJF yep. is frustrated because now he's stuck having to do this match, right? Yeah. But the idea is like, okay, Cody can't do anything about it for this. To do anything to this fucking asshole for yeah. four months that you have to watch it. And yeah. then they go into this match and exactly like what you guys were saying. It's like, I've got you now, bitch. Let's grapple. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I think Cody had two other things going against him in this match. Uh, number one, right before this, this show, he, get, he got that fucking terrible tattoo. Oh, my God. The fucking tattoo. <laughs> 
And listen, I've said it's it's everybody's personal journey. And I, I, I got, you know, I, I've just gotten one too, a big giant fucking tattoo on my arm. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to, but that, that is not a good looking tattoo. Stu, what do you think? Uh, I, I'm considering getting a tattoo of the queen riding a beaver. And that sounds stupid, but it's not as stupid as that fucking tattoo he's got is. And would you get it on your fucking neck? On my neck? I, I have a tattoo on the back of my neck that I can cover up with a mm-hmm. collar if I have yes. to go to court. But that thing is... <laughs> when you go to court, Stu. When you go yeah, to court. Well, then yeah. When, yeah, when yeah. To... It's just a matter of fucking time, boys. <laughs> it's... Yeah, I'm just going to yeah, do no, it. That was, that was bad. It's... I remember going like, did he just get that painted on? Like, it was fucking distracting. Yeah, it was really distracting. Yeah. Here's the other thing. Here's the other thing, Stu. You, you have, you, have uh, you know, having gotten tattoos, and I had just gotten mine. And, you know, you go through the, the rigors of, you know, I get it. I do a wet heel. It's a long process. I, gotta, yeah. I don't want – you can't bump it. This guy gets a fucking tattoo on Thursday, and he's wrestling on Saturday. What an idiot. Yeah, like, you know, it makes having a shower weird. Never mind – I'm yeah. in a fucking wrestling match. Like it's it's strange. Like it was it was a strange decision. But that's Cody, right? He make, he kind of makes strange decisions. You know who also made a strange decision once? Mistopheles. Remember when our friend uh, Mistopheles the Bledder got his fucking like lip pierced right before our our first pay per view in our backyard federation? <laughs> yeah. And like that was bullshit backyard wrestling, and we were like, dude. What are you doing? You can't wrestle with that thing. Like yeah, this guy, exactly. this guy isn't just a wrestler. He's an EVP with the company. Yeah, and he's got a match, a huge match on a huge on a huge show, where they need to make money, and he's getting a fucking tattoo on his neck. Yeah, that was weird. So the second thing, and I, I don't know, Stu, you, you might have a different opinion. I didn't think that this was as bad in the arena as it was. Then I watched it on television, but fucking down down straight was, or down state was. Downstate. Like they were awful. They were it was awful horrible. on TV. It was awful on TV. Uh, yeah, I I have never grown out of my like angry limp biscuit phase when it comes to music, and I I thought this was fucking terrible. And I love shouty angry metal. Oh yeah, it was bad. And I I think dude, what, I was telling Stu uh, when you were off taking a piss. What? <laughs> what was Boy, this? When you paused the show to go to go take a leak, uh, <laughs> that we were we were at WrestleMania X8 with all that terrible fucking music, and this was worse. Oh yeah, this was really bad. And so I feel like Cody's not off to a good start already. No. Um, MJF again. I think something that Stu and I may disagree on. Like I, I think MJF's shtick is is fantastic. I think it's one of the best things in the in the federation. Uh, I think they need to hold on to him as tightly as they can because he could easily be in WWE sometime and, and get ruined. Uh, yeah. But I will admit, like, he's not a bad wrestler by any means, but he's certainly no. not in the upper echelon of talent that they have in terms of in-ring. So he's only going to, I think, be so much in-ring. So he really has to, like, dick it up to make a match something. And, yeah, he uh, has to run around like a fucking chicken shit. And not pretend that he's like, you know, that he can hang because he can't. He's small and he's not like he's not um, he's not overly talented. He needs to be the guy that frustrates you and frustrates his opponent. He can't out wrestle anybody. Stu, you're not a big are you a big MJF fan? 
Uh, I don't. I, I like the gimmick. I, I don't think he's particularly spectacular in the ring, but I can see that he'll get there. My big thing with the gimmick is it's it's great for social media, but it doesn't really work as well on TV. Like you, you know, you see these videos of him like being mean to a kid in a wheelchair, and it's fucking awesome. Yeah, but it doesn't translate as well to his character in the ring, as it were. I'm gonna, I'm gonna agree with you. Yeah, I, uh, uh, I, I will say as far as the the gimmick, which has been done to death. Like if you yeah. told me if I didn't know who MJF was, and you were like, "Oh, well, he's the pompous rich guy with three names." You know, I would have been like, yeah. really, like another one. Yep. Um, but certainly, he's the best one by far in terms of the gimmick. He does it really well. I think that he. Um, I think if you put him in there, uh, remember when when he did the promo with Jericho, it was fucking amazing because it's Jericho. They do can elevate anybody, right? He's got it's in the right conditions. I think that he's tremendous, and the work that he does outside of the business to kind of sell it is great. And it's kind of next level. If you want, in my opinion, I think he's done it better than anybody in a world where most of these guys, you know, drop the fucking pretext, the, you know, with every fucking tweet, right. Um, this guy lives it. Um, I think he's a hit and miss on the mic a little bit. Some of the things really great on me. Um, but some of it doesn't, um, I'm just, I just, I just think he's again. I'm going to say the same thing. He's, a, he's still a little green. I mean, and, and these kind of things get exposed when you get into a big program, and that's just, that's just the way it is. You know, you're not going to see. You know, there's, there's a reason why fucking Jericho's gold all the time. The dude has been around for a long time, and he's honed his craft fucking perfectly. Whereas MJF still got, he's still got a ways to go. So you put him in here, and if you let him get exposed, he gets exposed, and that's kind of, I think, what happened. Uh, keep in mind, MJF is 24 years old. I know. Uh, so. Absolutely. It's crazy. I mean, he's crazy good. But again, like, imagine, you know, you kind of, if you simmered that guy for, for, for uh, you know, God, 12 months even, he'd probably get much better. And, you know, he, he, and he will. He still will. But that was a big program where if they played it a little differently, I think it would have come off a, a little bit better. Uh Cody gets the advantage uh, early, and uh, after MGF kind of chicken shit bails a couple of times, I find here Cody just is not aggressive enough for the situation. And then they're kind of doing some paint-by-numbers like moves. And at one point, Cody goes for a cover and picks MJF up at two. And I'm like, okay, if the guy is bloody and beaten and you give him a finisher and you pick him up at two, like that's drama. But yeah. he, here it was like, you haven't put in the time to make this a real no. effective thing. Yeah, I, I'm finding there's a lot of lazy work in this match by Cody. I mean, he's working with a broken toe or whatever. So that's hampering him a bit. He's got this new tattoo. Uh, I just, I, he, it feels like distracted Cody. Uh, MJF's uh, second is Wardlow. Uh, at one point, yes. he pulls MJF out of the ring, out of harm's way. So Brandy throws beer in his face, and Cody uh, gives Wardlow a tope. By the way, like Wardlow pulling MJF out is not nearly as heelish as the other manager throwing beer on somebody. So True. again, your you know comments that 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 were made about Cody. Uh, and again, this is when I was taking a piss about yeah. Cody maybe like needing to turn heel because this is the one where it's like, okay, who's the who's the babyface here? 
That's true. Uh, uh, Wardlow is tremendous, by the way, um, in his role. And so thumbs up to that. And you know what? Honestly, the less that I'm going to see of Arn Anderson, the better. Uh, MGF gets the heat. There's lots of working over Cody's shoulder. Uh, and then MGF takes Cody's boot off the foot that uh, Cody yeah. broke his toe on and bites Cody's broken toe. That's great. Uh, Cody eventually makes a comeback. He gives a boot to MJF who hits the floor and like he blades, but again, it's like the move that he took to generate that blood. There kind of was a mismatch there. Like time kind of gets wasted and then MJF gets up and he's just fucking bleeding everywhere. And and I think, um, even like Stu, we were like, we were both like, Oh, okay. Like, I guess he just, this is the time where he's supposed to bleed. It didn't feel very organic. Stu, what did you think? Yeah, it, 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 as you said, the, the, there was no intensity that led to that um, blading. Like, it, it, I don't recall if there was like whether he posted him or whatever it was, but it just didn't feel like a point in the match yeah. where he would yeah. have been busted open. Uh, Cody, yeah. Cody does the uh, Randy Orton pose. Uh, yeah, that was funny. Teases the Orton DDT, but MGF counters with the DDT of his own. Uh, then again, Brandy dives on Wardlow, which what bad decision making. Yep. <laughs> uh, Cody goes to give Wardlow a boot, but Wardlow ducks and Arn gets booted instead. Yeah. Uh, while the ref is distracted, Cody gets low blowed by MJF. Uh, it's only for a two. Uh, Cody suplexes MJF to the outside of the ring. They both crash. It's uh, I don't think it was actually as scary as it looked, but uh, no, it looks all right. Uh, there is a slugfest in the ring between the two of them. There's not a lot of heat at this point in the match. No. Uh, eventually, MJF hits a double cross, which is the Cody, the crossroads. Yeah. Uh, for two, MJF takes Cody's belt off, but the ref takes it from him. Cody hits a low blow while the ref is distracted. Uh, the ref lets, lets Cody whip MJF with the belt. Yep. The AEW refereeing, they got, they got, they got to get, they got to get in sync. Yeah, we've talked about this before. Uh, Cody, uh, then uh, MGF is cowering and begging for mercy, but then spits in Cody's face. And what I like about this, but they didn't quite catch on TV or in the in the arena, like at least the first time, is that yep. when Cody is selling the spit and the ref is kind of selling it, MGF turns around and gets the ring. Yeah, he, he he won this ring in a in a mini tournament, so he gets yep. the ring and he puts it on, which. I think everybody missed the first time. Uh, they, yeah. Turns around, uh, gets hit with a crossroads, gets hit with a second one, and then Cody's going for a third run, one, but MJF escapes, hits him with the ring, and then falls on top of him, and he gets the pin. Uh, I was thrilled. Stu was unhappy. The crowd was mostly <laughs> unhappy. Uh, <laughs> Stu, what did you think? Um, like like we just discussed, it just wasn't there. It, it, I... I don't think that it warrants more matches, which is why I kind of wanted Cody to win because it would be, which makes no sense in your traditional storytelling in wrestling. Yep. But I just don't feel like MJF's there, and the the feud just didn't click as it should have, given that it it, it had great build up, but yep. this match just wasn't there. Yeah, the finish was, you know, it was a little wonky. Um, I get that he cheated. Um, but it, it should have been, I guess, if you're going to be there, we played a lot more blatant. And really, he should have taken a monster beating. 
if it's going to finish that way. Um, and that would have been satisfying, I think, to people. Um, Cody has a weight belt that says do the work. I don't think he did the work <laughs> on, on leading this match where it needed to be. I, I placed the blame fully on Cody, and I'm sure he wasn't pleased uh, with the way that it came off. So, you know what? Uh, it, it was what it was. I'm going to, you know what? There were some entertaining parts. I'll give it two and three quarters, and that's about it. I thought that uh, it was the right decision to have MJF win because it, it goes somewhere if he wins for him. If he doesn't win this match, he doesn't go anywhere. And the lead up to this match was MJF getting foiled with his big plan the whole way through. So yeah. if Cody gets the best of him and then beats him in the match, he's kind of... And again, you can rehab guys. It's not like he's cooked for good. But yeah. I, I thought that Cody losing... Uh, opened more possibilities for the future. I will say though that watching it on uh, watching it back on television, I was like, you know, Cody loses a lot of matches, like big he matches. Does. So I know, yeah, I don't have a problem with Cody losing. I, I think it was the right decision, but I think it needed to be. I think the match fell completely flat, uh, and I think that, and I think that, yeah, I think that falls all on. And unfortunately, it falls all on Cody. Stu, what did you give this? You run the show. Yeah. Yeah, if 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 he's booking it, then yeah, it's all on him. And and as the the veteran in this match, yeah, it 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 weirdly was overbooked, but not overbooked enough. If that makes yep. any sense, exactly. Like, exactly. Given that how many you know, Arn was involved, and Brandy's involved, and Wardlow's involved. They were all there, but if you're going to go that route, you got to go all out with it, especially with the yep. the blood feud that they had. It would have warranted all of that extracurricular yep. bells and whistles. I'm going to make a yep. comment about Cody uh, that I hadn't really thought of until now. And you guys tell me if you agree with this. Uh, okay. But, you know, Cody at Double or Nothing came out and he had the throne and then he got the sledgehammer and he bashed the throne. And it was a knock at Triple H, right? Yeah. I find that Cody's matches with all the shit that goes on in them, like he's he's runs the company, he's got a lot of talent, he can put himself in a position to be over all the time, but his matches are so fucking convoluted. Like, he's the most like Triple H of anyone in AEW. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And and you know what? Yeah, just fucking own it. That's He just needs to own it. I like Cody. I couldn't give two shits about Cody for fucking years. I fucking hated him. The stupid fucking no knee pads. All that bullshit, but I I'm in, I'm invested in Cody, and I'm invest. You know, I just think, um, you know, there needs to be he needs to, uh, you know, embrace what he is and uh, and go from there. Stu, how many? Uh, what was your rating for this? What did you say? Uh, two. Uh, Meltzer gave it three and a half. I gave it uh, three. So we're right. we're are we, we're yeah. very yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Now let's talk something fun, boys. Uh, yeah. So, uh, match six, uh, yes. Pac versus Orange Cassidy. Oh my uh, God! I would say that the uh, merchandise wise, Orange Cassidy uh, was he if he if he wasn't the number one seller of the weekend, uh, it was definitely the most noticeable thing that you saw everywhere. Uh, for sure. I don't know, Stu. Do you think? Uh, I can't think off the top of my head. If anybody would have been close to him, really. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so there's Orange Cassidy shit everywhere. 
Uh, hey, I bought a fucking shirt off of Warren Cassidy at the fucking uh, two cups stuffed, boys. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right before he debuted in uh, AEW yeah. next night. Yeah. Uh, so Pac, of course, uh, wrestled as, uh, Neville in WWE, um, is a high flyer, but he's a heel. So he doesn't fly. Like one of my favorite parts about Pac is his entrance where he comes to the ring and he goes to the turn, like over to the turnbuckle, like he's going to climb it and then just doesn't. Yeah. He'll just kind of stands there. Yeah. Awesome. I Uh, love Pac. Yeah. So so Pac is great. Sorry. Pac. Sorry. Pac. Pac. And I also like that. He's just like a miserable fucking piece of shit. Like that's his gimmick. Um, seeing as he's your like man crush, uh, mega mix. Why don't you describe orange Cassidy's gimmick? Orange Cassidy is the fucking best. Uh, it's, it's a, you know what? It's a gimmick, uh, tailored for, for this, uh, for this generation. It's amazing. It's just a dude who, you know, kind of seems like he doesn't care, uh, wearing the jeans and the jean jacket in the ring and glasses and hands in the pockets all the time. Uh, but then, you know, can pull off uh, a lot of great moves and is awesome. And uh, I don't know. I, I When I saw, I, I remember watching some stuff uh, of Orange Cassidy just, you know, uh, prior to, you know, when we went to All Out, All In, All Out. And um, just being intrigued by it. And then uh, seeing it in action against Gangrel was great. I had two cups stuffed. And I became an instant fan. And uh, yeah, I just, I'm, uh, by the way, Orange Cassidy, my wife's favorite wrestler. <laughs> also, Orange Cassidy used, <laughs> used to wrestle as Fire Ant. That was his uh, <laughs> gimmick. Wearing it like a full red uh, outfit and a, uh, like a lucha mask. And he was Fire Ant. Uh, awesome just a was... skinny white dude right did you just use I, I don't you know what it's just it's a gimmick that people just like and they don't it's it's not i mean it's it's becoming a little in the kind of age of pandemic wrestling because he's on the shows you're seeing him a little too much right now there needs to be a little less orange cassidy but uh you know uh in small doses tremendous Stu, what do you think of orange cassidy it, it's a gimmick that i don't know why it works but when you see him in person, you just can't help but get into it, which in this day and age of wrestling is very hard to do, to get some, get people who have been watching for 20 years or whatever you, to just drop all of their inside beliefs and all that and just have fun with something is extremely rare. And he does it every time we've seen him, you just forget about everything that you know about wrestling and just appreciate yeah. this goofy nonsense that's fun. Yeah. And you fucking chant. You go, oh, oh yeah. that's, every time. And it doesn't matter. That's the and reason. And also Orange Cassidy, a um, an enemy, along with Kenny Omega, of uh, Jim Cornette, which makes it uh, thumbs up in my books. Uh, the thing that, that I like about Orange Cassidy is that the whole gimmick is about crowd participation, and that's what makes it fun. And the crowd is into it. They like the dude. They participate. And then when you watch the matches, like this match with 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 Pac was uh, was good. I mean, it was really good. But it's the like the crowd participation part of it gives it like an extra star because there's so much energy. Yeah. As part of it. So. And uh, it's in a it's in a death spot too, right? Yes. Well, if you look at the card before it happens, it's kind of it's in the it's you know second from the top. Um, after you know a big feud and in between and the world title match and they just made it work fantastic let's so, go through it so uh, Pac uh, Cassidy comes out he's ridiculously over uh, yeah. they start the match Cassidy comes out wearing his shades 
Uh, <laughs> teases putting his hands in the pockets. Pack blocks. But yep. then cast the, the whole idea of this match is that um, and they the announcers put this over too. This is his first singles match in AEW. It's yep. his first featured match. Jim Ross flat out admits he's never seen the guy wrestle. He's never scouted him. <laughs> yep. uh, he knows obviously that the dude is popular, but doesn't know shit about the guy. And the idea with this match, as it is with a lot of his more serious matches, is that he's trying to do the fucking lazy gimmick. But when push comes to shove, the dude's awesome. Like he can wrestle, yes. right? So mm-hmm. we get a tease. He's trying to put the hands in the pockets. Pack blocks, but then he gets Pack gets like flipped over with an arm ringer, and yep. then Cassidy puts the hands in the pockets. <laughs> uh, we get the sloth kicks both from Pack and Cassidy. The crowd is going yep. crazy. Um, <laughs> I just called it hands in pockets offense. <laughs> yeah. uh, so after a flurry by uh, Cassidy. Uh, Pat goes on offense. He just beats on Orange Cassidy for a while. Uh, he takes Cassidy takes a shot to the ring post like a fucking champ. Yeah, just yeah. Listen, flat. this is a guy who's been around a long time. Yeah, like, this is not just some like new wrestler. This guy knows how to tell a story and he knows how to wrestle. It's fantastic. Uh, Pack with the lager bomb, but uh, Cassidy kicks out to a huge pop. Uh, there is a superplex by 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 uh, Pack. And he pulls Orange Cassidy up at two and it works because he's been beating on him for a while. Yes, exactly. Uh, there you go. Uh, Pat goes for the black arrow. but uh, So he goes to the top. He's got Cassidy yep. down. Yep. Uh, and he goes to the top. Stu, do you want to describe what happens when, when Cassidy or when uh, Pat goes to the top rope? What does Orange Cassidy do? He just rolls out. <laughs> but like slowly rolls all yeah. the way across the ring. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's like this is this is kind of stupid, but yeah. you're popping like a fucking child again watching the guy. Yeah. So he gets it's crazy. Put, he gets put back in the ring, sets it up again, and then he rolls the other way. <laughs> and so Pack puts him back in the ring, and Orange Cassidy rolls towards the other side of the ring, but Pack walks around the yep. ring and catches him. And Orange Cassidy's like, "Uh oh." <laughs> and he just rolls the other way. Yep. So that's pretty great. Uh, so finally, um, Pac kind of like they have this standoff where Pac is uh, like, okay, like, fuck you for rolling around. And Cassidy is rolling the other way. And then when Pac's not paying attention, fucking Cassidy does a nip up and the big fucking tope. Yep. Hands in the pockets. Yeah. yeah massive DDT. Um, people are going crazy, but it's only brief. Pat cuts, cuts him off with a clothesline. Um, and then uh, Pack is kind of, again, like beating down on Orange Cassidy. But Orange Cassidy does his version of hulking up, which yep. is that he gets up and puts his hands in his pockets. <laughs> but then does the fucking greatest Superman punch ever. Yes. Uh, great. And then the DDT off the top rope, uh, two of them. The second of which is Cassidy just coming off the top rope and nailing the DDT, which was fucking great. Yep. Awesome. Uh, and I mean, it helps that Pac sells like a fucking champ. Well, uh, Pac is, you know what? And Pac is, the, he's like, he's got it all. There's nothing about this guy that isn't tremendous. Yeah. And he is just so underrated, right? And it's just so great. He can do anything and everything and he can bump like a motherfucker. That's what makes this so great too. Yeah. So he rolls out of the ring at this point. So uh, Orange Cassidy is at the ring, uh, or, you know, he's joined by the best friends. Yeah. 
So, again, Orange Cassidy is the baby face. The best friends who are out there help Orange Cassidy to cheat. Yep. Um, as Pac each eats an air raid crash, but that only gets two. Well, the, and because best friends are fucking assholes, too. That's the best part, too. So then to make the but save. They're kind of he- heels. To make the save, Pac's friends, the Lucha Brothers, come out. Awesome. Uh, they start a brawl with the best friends to the back. And while this brawl is happening... Orange Cassidy is distracted like an idiot. This is the one part of the match I don't like. Um, yeah. Where it's just like he's going along and he's getting the better of this guy. And he's, you know, he's lazy, but he's smart. And then all yeah. of a sudden he's just fucking stupid and distracted. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, gets yeah. caught and just gets caught with the brutalizer by Pac. And uh, Orange Cassidy has to tap. That was the one kind of bad part. I mean, in just the, 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 the lapse in judgment just didn't make sense because he's supposed to be able to outsmart you. And, uh, you know, it could end in a different way. Otherwise, it was still, it was still great, though. Still uh, great. So I get, well, what did you, okay, Mega Mix, what'd you give it? Because you love, you're a mark for this guy. So I had a lot of fun. Uh, three and three quarter stars. I, I thought it was, I thought it was just a lot of fun. It wasn't, I'm not going to rate it that if it was just based on the pure wrestling, though there was a lot of great moves. Lots of very good moves. Um, but uh, as an overall package, three and three quarters. Uh, Stu? Um, watching it on TV, three and a half. Being there, I'd say like four and a quarter. Yes. Uh, I gave it three and a half. I would, oh, yeah. I would give say that the the finish, like you were saying about it making Orange Cassidy look like a goof, that he didn't need that, would be fine if it was a move and a pin for the finish. But the submission just felt awkward Yeah, as a way to transition to a, you know, off a distraction. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I gave it three and a half. Meltzer gave it three and three quarters. So everybody liked this match a lot. Yeah, it was fun. And then we are on to the main event. Uh, John Moxley against Chris Jericho for the AEW heavyweight, or sorry, world championship. Jericho has been the champion since uh, the belt was uh, debuted. Uh, Moxley uh, is undefeated. They had a long build up to this, which included Jericho, as you heard in the promo, uh, an hour and 42 minutes ago. Yes. Um, Jesus. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, it's talking about clearly not wanting to face the guy. Jericho offered to bring him into his faction. He offered him yep. a car, which Moxley basically stole. <laughs> yes. um, and they uh, they took out Moxley's eye. So Moxley's been wearing an eye patch. Yep. Um, but, you know, big build to this championship match. Again, it's a been a really good build. Like, this was one of the better, uh, you know, title match builds I'd seen in a long time. Well, it's four months, it was right? Really good. Four months to build up these matches. So it was great. And you get, and you get, I mean, listen, um, this match is not like my favorite match by any means. But, I mean, John Moxley's a tremendous talent. And Chris Jericho is Jericho. The way they built this up was big time. And it was fantastic. Uh, okay, well, that's the end of the show, everyone. Thanks for... No, no, the build-up. <laughs> oh, the fucking build-up. <laughs> uh, uh, just a quick thing about John Moxley. My son has to do a, uh, a biography assignment for school where he talks about a famous person. He's chosen John Moxley. Wow. <laughs> really? Oh, he, loves, he loves fucking... He loves Mox. He is, he is a big fan. Did he like him when he was Dean Ambrose? He, you know what? We watch Rumbles. He gets so excited when fucking Ambrose comes out. It's good. For and Mox. my wife is always like, ah, "He just looks skinny." <laughs> wow. John Moxley is ten times better than Dean Ambrose. Just, just in, in pure visuals, <laughs> it's just you know better. But um, yeah, he he's a big Moxley fan. I think he likes that he swears a lot too. 
of course. Uh, Jericho also swears a lot. Uh, oh my god! So Moxley's entrance is uh, he comes in from outside the arena and uh, through the crowd again. As he's going through the crowd, I'm like, like everyone's just giving everyone COVID, like in yep. the situation. It's just weird to watch. Uh, Jericho comes out with a choir, which is the the woman leading the choir did uh, like this version of uh, Judas on Twitter. Yeah, uh, and so Jericho brought her and the choir in to kind of sing before he comes out. Jericho comes um, out to Judas. And it's amazing. He's and a fucking amazing. superstar. Just like ridiculously awesome. Uh, proud and powerful are with him. Santana and Ortiz, part of the inner circle. Uh, Jim Ross gives a great uh, description where he's like, those two, he basically is like, those two dudes have a lot at stake in this match too because the yep. fucking money follows the championship and they're with the champion. Yep. Yep, that's so, so great. Yeah, that's that's gorilla style. Yeah, um, Moxley's got his eye patch on. Uh, they they brawl right away into the crowd. Um, I do it love makes that, sense because they hate each other, right? Yes. Um, I also love that Jericho at this point. I, I love the brawling part where he just doesn't care about things. Like <laughs> exactly. he takes the camera, he takes a fan sign, he fucking picks up the ringside barricade and throws it on Moxley. So good. Um, Moxley bites Jericho's stitches. Uh, Mo- Jericho was busted up by Moxley uh, at the weigh-in prior to this right. uh, prior to yep. this match. Um, Moxley is tossed into the ring post and he blades. Uh, Jericho t- power bombs Moxley on the timekeeper's table. <laughs> yep, that tiny little table. Uh, Jericho beats on Moxley in the ring and calls him a piece of shit. <laughs> Uh, Jericho also goes out and rings the bell, picks up the mic, and declares himself the winner. <laughs> Jericho is the fucking best. Uh, Moxley keeps fighting back and gets overpowered. Proud and Powerful also interfere. Uh, Moxley starts to make a comeback. I said the sequences were a little too slow and sloppy. Um, yep. Again, and I, again, Stu, you can you know tell us what you thought, too. I, I thought in the arena, too, like... People were into this, but it wasn't the the same level of intensity with the crowd as it was for some other matches. It was certainly better than the Cody match, um, but I know what you mean. It, it people were a little burned out. Um, again, it, like when you've had a match that you saw earlier with the tag titles match, it's hard to follow someone like that. No matter, even if you are Chris yeah. Jericho, AEW doesn't seem much like a um, main event company. Where the main events are not supposed to be those, those that that kind of it just it just get I just get that feeling. Other than even even Jericho Omega Double or Nothing, same thing. You know, the main event is not always like the the it's it's a focus of the storytelling, but it's not like you're you know these crowds get burnt out after all the crazy shit that's going on. Maybe maybe it's just me. Like Jericho is clearly a main event uh, character and a main event performer. He's like a, far above and beyond everybody else. Yeah, but the type of wrestling that Jericho can is is capable of doing as a forty nine year old man at yep. this point in time is not the style that I find AEW fans are there to see. That's true. So you can love Jer- Jericho brings uh, everything to the table, but his matches aren't the the caliber of the that the, that the uh, audience expects. Um, that's and that's just the way it is. Yeah, um, Mox uh, Moxley uh, or sorry. There is uh, more interference from Santana and Ortiz. Jericho hits the lion salt for two. Uh, Moxley gets the walls of Jericho on uh, on Chris Jericho. 
Yeah. This is kind of the important part of the match. Jake Hager runs to the ring and he distracts Moxley. So Jericho hits the code breaker for two. Um, walls by Jericho on Moxley, who gets to the ropes. And then um, uh, Jericho shoves Aubrey, which is always good for heat. Yep. Uh, but then Jake Hager hits Moxley right in front of Aubrey. Uh, another one of my favorite parts of this show. Yes. <laughs> she gives them all a fucking toss. She gives them a fucking Neural Hebner toss. Like, with a full 360. And so then good. when she tosses them, Santana and Ortiz bump. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I fucking love outside of Hager, like everybody involved in this match is just great at what they do. Yeah. So they bump. Uh, she is escorting them out the uh, like she's, you know, following them down the ramp. And as she's doing it, Sammy Guevara yes. comes in through the crowd and drills Moxley with the belt. Uh, but when Aubrey comes back in, uh, Moxley kicks out at two. Yep. Uh, the brawl gets back to uh, their feet. Both competitors are, you know, punching each other. The yay boo yes. spot. Uh, Jericho goes after Moxley's good eye. Moxley feigns like he can't see, and Jericho smacks him around a few times. Sets up the Judas effect. Uh, yep. Moxley ducks it and hits the Death Rider, and yep. then uh, reveals that he takes the eye patch off, and his eye has been fine all along. Yeah, because it healed, and he's just been playing possum. That was—I thought it was great. I like—I like the—I uh, like the reveal. I thought it just added a little extra. And for the crowd, not only does he take the thing off, and they have a close-up of him on TV, but he does like a full march around the ring while Jericho is selling, like pointing to the crowd, like pointing "I see eye. you, I see okay. everything." Right? Yep. So we, so everybody go. in the audience knew what the story was too. Uh, he hits the paradigm shift, and he gets the pin and wins the title. Yeah. And you're just sad you couldn't call it the Dirty Deeds. <laughs> it's all right. Me and Stu had some Dirty Deeds later, so <laughs> made up for it. Um, uh, yeah, it's, uh, John Moxley, who, uh, you know, the right decision was made. Uh, big star. Uh, good to put the belt on him. He's, uh, again, another one where it's just, it's too bad it's been derailed, right? Because they, they, they had something going there. Uh, but uh, I thought I thought it was I thought it was a good I thought it was a good match. I'll give it uh, three and three quarters. Sue, what do you think? Um, watching it again, it was actually a little bit better than I remembered. I give it four. Yeah. Nice. nice. Uh, I gave it three. Meltzer gave it three and three quarters. I liked the match. I just I thought everyone was kind of tired at this point in time, yep. and the match was like a totally good, fine wrestling match. Good story for sure. Um, yep. At the time, I was I certainly not where you were, Mega Mix, with uh, my disappointment of Jericho losing. Uh, yeah. You, I know you were very disappointed. I was crying. Uh, I'm so sad. Uh, I was I was like, eh, I'm not sure about this. My thought was just, you know, Jericho doesn't have a long, uh, you know, he doesn't have, he he's on not borrowed time, but like he's not going to be wrestling five or six years down the road. No. So no. how do you make the most of him? But now, with the shit that he's done since he lost the belt, yes. I'm like, yeah. that dude doesn't need the belt. Like, he's no, fucking... No, he doesn't. And you know. it's very clear. Yeah, yeah, it's very clear he doesn't need it. And it was smart to put, you know, to give Moxley that, that win over him. And it was well done. I thought they tossed the inner circle, but then Sammy got in there. But it made sense that Mox could come back from that. I thought it was... I thought, storytelling-wise, it was perfect... Uh, the execution was a little, you know, a little WWE main event for me, 
but I still I still liked it. Yeah, I, I thought that uh, I love the idea that um, John Moxley outsmarts Chris Jericho, which is the way it's yeah. supposed to be. Like John Moxley is supposed to be this this badass, but he's also supposed to be smarter than the heels. Yep. And he fucking outsmarts he Jericho, who thinks he's fucking the smartest guy in the world, and uh, yep. and he gets foiled, and that's good storytelling. Uh, yeah, and Jericho doesn't need the title, and they needed to put the title on him to start. But you know what, Moxley's a good, uh, you know, Moxley's a good champ, and uh, we'll see where it goes in the next couple of years. Stu, what did you think? Um, the the build and the match were, when you think about it, pretty simple. It wasn't really groundbreaking anyway, but because of the guys involved, and as Jamie said, like you know, with Jericho's years of experience he can turn anything into entertainment and and it was just fun everything about the build the match was fun probably yes i agree with both of you that it could have been a bit better but overall it all was just done so well that you couldn't help but be entertained by it all yeah i thought i watching it back the second time it was it, it came off better i you know watching it with a a different lens i watched this over the course of like three nights right like so i watched it in parts and so I was able to appreciate it a little bit better because the first, you know, watching it that night, it was, it's, you know, three and a half hours. It's late. You know, like you guys would say you were in the building, uh, you know, by the time you get to that point, there's been so much going on, but, uh, I had a new appreciation for it and uh, I liked it a lot. So, uh, final thoughts on the show. I'll start with you, Stu. Uh, I give it overall like eight out of 10. There were a couple of mm, glaringly obvious downsides to it but when you get a match like the tag title one you can't give it anything less than like seven when you have a match on that scale uh and mega mix uh, um yeah no i i thoroughly enjoyed it um uh if i if i were to rank, rank it yeah i'd give the show uh i'm not going to do like stew i'll give it an a as a show because it was i had a great time watching it uh when it first aired and uh again going back to it it uh you you and you know what i like too is i like just noticing things i like wrestlers being able to tell the stories they want to tell and you can tell with aew that that's what's happening and so you get little things here and there where it's not you know these things aren't you know um not and not just the promos but the matches themselves they're not overly scripted there there's a little flow to it i quite enjoyed it uh i was very i loved the show i'm glad that we saw it i it makes me sad to watch it back because i'm like like this is me the last wrestling show I see for this year and probably into next year. Uh, but it was a great one to go out on. I'm, I'm sad that right the on. momentum has stopped uh, at this point through, you know, none of those guys' fault. But what nope. the fuck are you going to do, right? That's, uh, that's just how it goes. So I'm glad, you know, as a big last big show, I think, Stu, you'd agree. Like, it's a pretty damn good one to go out on, right? Oh, for sure, yeah. As, yeah. as, as sort of like bummed as I was initially that we didn't get to go to the Rochester show. Um, you know, that's life. There's nothing we can do about it. We saw yeah. a pretty spectacular show I, to say bye on. I went out on uh, the, the February 24th fucking Raw, one of the worst wrestling shows I've ever seen. So yeah, I'm so jealous. Yeah, we win. So we, we definitely win. You win big time. That show was fucking dog shit. Anyway. A couple of show notes. Uh... We are we we move platforms. We're on Anchor now, uh, which yep. until Anchor like pulls the rug out from under everybody, allows us to put all of our episodes up 
there. Nice. Uh, so no limited episodes. The only issue is that there's a pause in the distribution cycle. So we are on Spotify now and on a lot of platforms, but iTunes is probably going to take a few more days. And then I'm okay. going to have to try to figure out how to get rid of the old feed. So um, you're going to have to resubscribe for the three people who are yeah. doing it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we'll the put the... Us and, and like one other person. Yeah, so we'll put the word out on uh, Mezzanine Sleepover. But the good news is with the free show uh, postings, uh, we can go to back catalog, etc. So we'll see what we do there. Uh, and I had another note, but I fucking forgot. So, oh, yes. The next yes. show, we will be talking Rise of Skywalker. Yes, that is right. It is time. And as long as this show was uh, an hour and 57 minutes when it's all said and done, Rise oh of Skywalker God. will probably be uh, just Oh, my as long. God. So much wise will be cracked. <laughs> uh, Stu, any plugs? Uh, no, boys. Please, uh, when you get back to real world, be safe. I uh, miss you both and can't wait to do a show with you both again soon. Stu, we got it. You know what we should do, boys? We should do, uh, we haven't, we haven't reviewed All Out. Oh, Ooh. we'll do it. Let's do it. Let's do that in the next couple of weeks. Get get us back and do another two hours on All Out. All right. Yeah, I can do it. Uh, Sounds good, boys. Okay. Uh, until uh, next time, I'm at Slip with Five Eyes or Sleep. I'm at Megamix.com. I'm at DiscoStu81. Oh, nice. nice. Yes. All right. See you all later. Go. Bye, folks. Bye. Bye. Bye.